Hello and welcome to the Hope Story Circle with, from the Peace Alliance and welcome to Peace On, your source for inspiring conversations and information from thought leaders across the spectrum on topics related to the strategies of building peace, fostering nonviolence, and creating a world that thrives, shifting our understanding toward empathy, compassion, and connection. My name is Terry Mason. I'm on the board of the Peace Alliance, and I'm joined to facilitate today by Liz Gannon Graydon, who is also on our board. We don't have Yelena Bokovich with us today. She was she's at a conference. She wasn't able to join us, but Liz is going to fill in on the meditation part. But our special guest today is Joel Kimmel. He's returning to us. Joel's been with us a couple of times before, and we love having Joel join us. He's a longtime friend of the Peace Alliance and relation almost, actually. But Joel, you want to come off mute and say hello? I'm using my wife's computer. Hi, everybody. It's nice to see you. Uh, it's always a gift to be about around like-minded people that would like to have our world be a little quieter and more aligned on having something be great happen. So. Uh, well, thank you. It's great to have you with us today. But before we get started with you talking and telling us your story of the day, we're going to have Liz lead us in a meditation. So Liz, do you want to bring us in? You have to come off mute. You're right. I, I'm not used to unmuting so early in the call. Right. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Whether you're joining us here in the morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever and wherever you join us. As we gather in this space together, I'd like to invite you to take time to just pause and connect. I invite you to first connect with your body and find a posture or a way of sitting and being in the space that your body would appreciate in this moment. And maybe type a moment and check in with your breath, connect with your breath. And enter the circle together with this sense of feeling connected here, in this place, in this space, in this moment. And as I'm looking around, some of you can either have your eyes closed open. But as I look around, I'm inviting us to feel a sense of connection with those of us who are sitting here in the circle together. Leave behind where we were a minute ago, a moment ago, where we're going an hour from now. Um, whatever the dog saw in the backyard. And just be here in this moment. I invite you to listen to and connect with what's going on in your own surroundings. Do you hear sounds? Do you smell smells that are warm and inviting? Something baking in an oven? I invite you to touch, invite your sense of touch, either maybe touch your heart. 
And I invite you into that space of your heart. And the next few moments, feel connected with those of us who are either here or who are listening to what we're offering in this moment. And I invite you to think about the fact how wonderful this is that we can both be connected with the space where we're sitting mm -hmm. and the beautiful people who are joining us from around the world. And that magic that brings us all together in the same space, in the same place. And I invite you to connect with the story that we're about to hear, that Joel is going to offer to us. And I invite you to listen with that sense of hearing and connecting as we move our way into the circle. And Joel, I invite you now, we invite you now to share the story that you came to bring to us today. Thank you very much for the invitation to come back and talk to y'all. Um, let's see where to start this little conversation today. Um, I uh, had this realization a few days ago that I've spent my whole life working with people on how they can communicate, more, having more meaningful conversations and how to realign if things start to go off course. And, um, I just found it perfect to be able to come here and do that because I think the conversation today is, is about how to have difficult conversations that works out for everyone, uh, including the other person uh, that you're not sure it was gonna work out with. Um, we're up in Maine. We have a fortunate enough to have a place in Maine, which is gorgeous um, in the middle of nowhere, but you look across Maybe I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if you, well, maybe I can do this. You see those mountains across there? And we're in the height of the of the colors. And Judy and I went to dinner, a breakfast this morning over at the lumber uh, at the Woodsman's uh, restaurant. And coming home, the car stopped. 1985 Volvo with station wagon finally let it go. Um, so I just sort of walked in here before this started. And I'm going to keep taking a breath while I get back to what I was supposed to be doing. But when we talked yesterday with uh, Terry and Liz, um, we really, I really see that there are ways to move with other people when you want to have a meaningful conversation, or if you think you're going to have a difficult conversation. And one of the th one of the background shifts is. Um, we live in a two domain world. We live in the doing world and we live in the being world. And on the doing world, it, we, it's two domains in the, inside the doing world. Uh, it's right, it's wrong, I like, I don't like, I wish I want like that. And you go along and all of, you, all of our listening over the years has been about is it right or wrong? Am I right or wrong? Or are they right or wrong? Our world is suspended in that conversation more now than ever before. And so I suggest there's another way to enter into the world 
uh, and that's on the on the being side of life. And on the being side of life, uh, it's what you can become aware of of who you're being in that moment that will allow what you would like to have happen to unfold a different way of coming into the world, if I can say that. Um, so uh, we're gonna sort of travel through this background of the linguistic shifts that we can take that allow other people uh, to actually have a meaningful conversation where you hear their interpretation and see new possibilities of how it's unfolding rather than if it's right or wrong. And um, up here, we, been coming up here for years and this one guy that the uh, guy that comes by and knows the fields and sort of takes care of the place and we're not here he was in, in the army got drafted uh the same time i did i didn't know that when we got drafted we hadn't met and we were both in helicopters in vietnam he was was also we threw flew wound up finding out later that he flew through the same landing zones I did, the same areas that I was in, and he were we were just our paths crossed back and forth in there. And um, so, you know, every year he comes over in the spring and we say hello and everything's fine. And, you know, the world has sort of changed. You either like something or you don't like something really a lot more now than ever before. And so he drives up this spring or last spring, I guess it was, and he gets out of his brand new pickup truck and he starts the conversation about, he says, how the hell can you guys live in that state of California and with that Nancy Pelosi, how the hell can you live that way? And I said, excuse me? And he said it again. And uh, it, he used a little richer words that, than the play way I just said it. Um, and uh, I, said, I, I, said to, I said to Dana, I said, hey, Dana, st stop talking. He goes, what? And I said, stop talking. He says, why are we going to stop talking? I'm going to stop talking. And I said, because I don't want to talk about this. I said, you and I went through this, uh, honoring our country's democracy, fought for the right to be an American citizen, and I don't want to talk about what you're talking about. And Dana says, well, what do you want to talk about? And I said, I'd like to talk about how we can figure out, work together, and how we have this country come back together by you and I starting to have a conversation where both of us have what we want to have happen and uh, start to take actions. And he says, well, that'll be pretty hard. <laughs> and I said, no kidding, like impossible. But I said to Dana, I said, well, but let's give it a shot. What do you think, Dana? He says, okay, I'll, I'll do it, Joel. So every time he came back to cut the grass or something, he came back with a new idea. He said, Joel, I was just thinking about this. What about this idea? And then instead of saying yes or no, I'd say, well, say more about that. I said, I would love to hear the, uh, the sort of the intricacies of it if you have them. And he says, well, I think these three things would really work if we could do that. And then Dana says to me, he says, do you see that working, Joel? And, I, and all of a sudden we're in this collaborative, exciting conversation about the possibilities that we could do together. And every time he came up uh, to do something or I saw Dana, he always had another idea of what we could do together. And so the beauty of it was we never disagreed with each other that it, no, that wouldn't work or that would uh, not happen. So um, 
let's see, my phone's going off. It's probably a tow truck. But um, so Dana, uh, so Dana still this year, he comes up and he goes, how are you? And I said, fine, how are you? He says, I'm fine. He says, you know, as a matter of fact, I was thinking about the way our country is in COVID. And all of a sudden we opened up this whole nother conversation about uh, how we can work together. So, so one of the interesting things was, I think for all of us, that when neither of us chose a side, but rather would share our interpretations of, of how we see the world, and then the other person listening to the interpretation, not for right or wrong, but for possibilities of new ways that we can engage with each other. And uh, I work with families um, for years. I've worked with families on building trust and communication and understanding. Um, I've done it with corporation teams and all of that stuff. And the interesting things uh, about that is, is if you can shift your words from the doing side of words to the being side of words. Terry, can you put that um, chart of being and doing words up for a second? I sent it from my computer. I don't know if this will work or not. Oh, you did? Okay, I'll look for it. Yeah, can you, I, on that note I sent you guys this morning, it okay. should be in the bottom. I'll look for it. So, we're, so this chart that we're gonna put up here, one side is doing words and one side is being words. And when we, uh, when you start to see it, I am just going to read the words, one doing words and one being word. And I want you to start to be aware of the sensation that you are experiencing in your body and um, notice what happens to the possibilities that you might consider. Uh, so let me see, who, who wants to read that? Um, so... Go ahead, Terry, you want to read that real quick? Just the top part, top paragraph. I just wanted to know if you could see it. Can you see it yeah. okay? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Uh, the being, being and doing domains are essentially are the two. I can't read that. Go ahead, Terry. <laughs> Sorry. The being and doing domains are essential to our lives. We are always trafficking back and forth between them. The being domain lives in choice, language, and the power to open new possibilities. In the being domain, you plan and take action. You make to-do lists for projects, outcomes, and production, all tools to living a productive life. Doing is vital to our lives, but if we spend all of our time there, if we get caught in the doing trap, we can lose sight of the glorious possibilities of being as they fly by. The words you choose set the tone for every moment and provide context for your life. Thank you for reading it perfectly and beautifully. Thank you. So now what, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go down the doing side words. And I'm going to read it out and then I'm going to go over to the being side of words. And I want you to pay attention of not only your body sensations, but what you're starting to see as new possibilities and way to interact with each other. So the doing words we're going to start with is forcing and the being words is allowing, searching, and then discovering, concentrating, and observing, rushing, and lingering, making, and unfolding, 
controlling and emerging, hearing and listening, getting, I love this one, getting and having and looking and seeing. On the doing side, you write to-do lists. And on the being side, you write to have happen lists. How many ex people experience a shift of their body and their feeling as the words shifted back and forth? Mm -hmm. Subtle, but very powerful. So let's say you're having a conversation with someone, a, a, a difficult conversation. I hate to use it. I just like to use meaningful conversations that you would like to have some conversation that can shift the experience of being related into one of, of, of uh, workability and understanding rather than right and wrong. So um, if you start to use more allow, more being words in your vocabulary rather than the standard words of forcing, searching, trying hard, pushing, all of a sudden there's a shift. So uh, an example, if I uh, would like to have a meaningful conversation with someone, I would say, um, Terry, I would love to have a meaningful conversation in a way that allows what's wanting to be revealed to be revealed as we're discovering and observing while lingering and seeing the unfolding and emerging of the listening that opens up new possibilities for us. Do you does that do you see the difference in saying I want to have a I want to have work on this, I want that, I want this? How many people can see the shift, feel the shift in that? Raise your hand. I just want to get some feedback. Mm -hmm. So so when we we can, I don't know how can they get this, Terry? This document? Um we don't really have a list of people. We can I, I can see it okay. posted on the website. Okay, that's fine. So um, uh, it can be dropped in the chat. Oh, that's an idea. That might work out. So um, it's hard to not have feedback on this yet. But um, so there's ways to have interactions with the being words and the being side of life with another by not asking them what they think they should do about X, but asking them, how do they see X could fall into place so it would work for both of us? Rather than saying, uh, what do you think you should do? And how do you think you should do it? I would say on the being side, well, what do you see is wanting to reveal itself in a way that we can see new ways of being and having a conversation that includes both of us rather than you or I, like that. And so um, if you start to, and I made a list of these words, um, we're, and I think when you do a breakout, it would be fun to experiment with some one of these that you think would be beneficial to you. So when someone says, uh, what, do you think about something? A good question is in, is in what domain of life? And, and so they say, well, I don't know what domain. Well, is it in the personal domain? Is it in a professional domain? What domain of life do you want to have that conversation? And when they, the personal 
domain comes up, you can say, great, I understand fully. My interpretation of what your question is, is this, what, what do you see, how do you see that fits with you? And all of a sudden you're starting to compare interpretations of the moment that you're speaking about. And then once you get both everyone's interpretations uh, understood, you can say, so what would you like to have happen as a as the outcome of this conversation, what would you like to have happen as an out as a result of this conversation, rather than what do you want to accomplish? Get the feeling that different. What do you want to accomplish is right or wrong. What would you like to have happens opens up the door of allowing things to unfold, and then they would say, and I it I would you will. try this out, but you test off. But so someone says, well, you know what I'd like to have happen is A. And then the question, another possibility to open up is, well, if A could unfold the way that, would it, that you'd like to have it happen, what would that look like? And what actions do you see we could take to have that occur? Actions we could take rather than what we should do. I just nod your head or something. If this, if this is making sense. I don't want to keep talking if it's not that boring. you. So uh, as we go down and if someone says, let's uh, say someone says something very interesting and you'd like them to say more about it so you can understand a deeper, have a deeper understanding of what the meaning of it is for them. One of the things instead of saying, tell me more, you know, when you say, when someone says, tell me more, what do you think you should do? Well, you should tell me more, tell them more about what you're telling them. But I, on the being side, I would say, well, say more, please. And when you just say, say more, please, it allows them to choose what they want to say about what they think would be useful for you to listen to. And it's magical because when they say, say more, they sit up straighter and all of a sudden they look you right in the eye and they start to say what they wanted wanted to say. Um, So, Say more is very good rather than tell me more. Tell me is an automaticity. Um, let me see. Uh, one, one other suggestion I have is make suggestions and recommendations when you're talking about new ideas rather than I think we should. You know, you know somebody said once told me, don't should on yourself. So take the should out of it. But um, uh, some, so, if we're having a, a, a meaningful or exciting conversation and I have an idea about it, I say, well, one suggestion I have this, I have is A, and I can also see how B might fit in with that. Can you see that as well? And once they say yes, then, the, then you're off together in an aligned interpretation of where you could go. Rather than most of the time when you ask somebody what they think about it, their life, it takes their awareness into their past. And then you're dealing with their past. And then 20 minutes later, what was the question you asked is usually the answer that you get. But the, um, the, the whole thing about making suggestions and recommendations that lets their bodies be at peace um, and get moved differently than if you're asking them to think about something. If you ask somebody, what do they think about something? And, when I say, what do you think about something, Katie? I mean, Kathy, all of a sudden a billion things show up to think about, right? 
And then you sort of, the, your answer usually is, well, I don't know. But the other way to move with that one is, listen, what do you, can you give me three things you think would have this work? So it narrows down their field of vision and they will pick the best three things they could come up with. And then you talk about that rather than talking about the trillions of other possibilities like that. Another suggestion I have is that the okay, end one of, more, Joel, one more. Okay, okay, go ahead. Uh, the other suggestion I have is that the end of a meaningful conversation or a conversation that, is, that has been meaningful and like that is ask them, is there anything else? Asking them, was there anything else? And they say, yes, that's what they wanted to talk to you about in the first place. That's it. <laughs> Sorry, Terry. No, it's great. It's great. It's just, there's so many things to chew on. So Liz, I don't know. Should we, I, I, he sort of queued up a lot of things. Do you want to say things at all? Or? I, I think I have one. I think I have an inquiry. Okay. Um, and if uh, we're a small group, and if we need clarification, we can. What I'm thinking is, what if we enter the rooms with just those three ideas? What would you have happened in the next few minutes? What would you have happened in this conversation? Tell me more. Or no, excuse me, say more, say more. Say and more. then the last thing you said, say more about that. And then the last thing you said, it just went out of my head. I was really focused. What else? Uh, what yeah, else? Is there anything else? Is there anything else? Yeah. So I thought, yeah, what if we what if we enter with those three as the inquiry? What would you have happen in this conversation? What what, what did you like to have happen? What would you like to have happen? Like Thank you. Happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what would you like to have happen? Say more That's about that. Yeah, and then the, and the third is is there you know do you, is there anything else? Was that the I know your language is so exact. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. That'd be great. Yeah. And I really look forward to seeing what arises. Yeah, me too. All right. So we're going to go into our breakout rooms. I'm going to pause the recording. But again, our agreements in the rooms are to speak from your heart, to listen with your heart, to say just enough so that others have an opportunity to share. And if you don't feel inspired to share, give the gift of listening. And to keep confidentiality. When we come back in the big room, the podcast will begin again. So you can speak to the themes. You can tell your own personal stories if you choose, but don't tell someone else's. Just speak to the themes. So I'm going to pause the recording and we'll be back in just a few minutes and hear what people have to say. Hello and welcome back. Oh, I see very peaceful faces. I do. That's so interesting. I'd love to hear if anybody would like to share. Please unmute yourself and share what went on. <laughs> 